Hello everyone, my name is JD, and this is On the Lighter Side of Life. This is our third episode. Uh, we've got some mail that was sent in to us, and if anybody would like to send us anything, it's jd.podcast1 at yahoo.com. And send us anything that you want to be read on the air, and we'll get it out just as quick as we possibly can. One of the emails that we got is about an elderly man in New Mexico. He calls his son. His son lives in New Jersey, and he says, I hate to ruin your day, he says, but me and your mom, we're getting a divorce. In 45 years of misery, I've had enough. The son told him over the phone, says, Pop, what are you talking about? The son screamed at him over the phone and says, we can't stand the sight of each other. We're sick of each other. We're done. And I'm done talking about this, and I'm hanging up. And he hangs up. Well, the brother's all upset, okay? So he calls his sister in Baltimore and tells his sister just exactly what just transpired with, with dad over the phone. The, the daughter, the sister, got all upset and says, they're not getting a divorce if I have anything to do about it. I'll take care of this. Don't you worry about nothing. So she calls dad in New Mexico and he immediately starts screaming at the man. You're not getting a divorce. Don't do a single thing. Until I get there, I'm calling my brother back. We're both coming tomorrow. Uh, and until then, you're not doing a stupid thing. Just hang loose. And so she hangs up. Then the old man gets off the phone. He turns around and looks at his wife and says, well, the kids will be here for Thanksgiving. What do you want me to tell them for Christmas? <laughs> I wish I'd have thought about that sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my, my, my daughters would have killed me if I'd have done something like that. They really would have. I got one for you. I'm going to kind of rat myself out. When my oldest daughter was eight years old, she had a little 13-inch color TV set in her bedroom. And every time she would get into trouble, mysteriously, this TV set would just quit working when she came home from school. You know what I'm saying? And all I was doing back then, the power cord used to unplug from the TV itself, plus unplug from the wall. So I would just unplug it, take and put the power cord in my room, and she'd go in and go, Dad, my TV's not working. And she's been a bad kid. She did something wrong for me to do that, right? A lot of times it was just to get quality time with her, to have her come out in the living room where we had the big TV to spend some time with this kid, right? So I go in there and look at her TV and go, sweetie, I don't know what's wrong with this TV. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I guess you just have to watch TV with this, the rest of the family in the living room. And she kind of grumble a little bit. And she'd go out there. And next thing you know, we'd all be laughing and watching TV and the whole bit. Well, the next day when she came home from school, that TV would mysteriously be working all over again. I go back in there and plug this thing in. And she goes, Dad, my TV's working. Well, isn't that just amazing? Okay. So every time she would, you know... I wanted to get quality time with my oldest daughter. I'd have to go unplug her TV. And she, for mysterious reasons, she's going like, my TV quit working again. Baby, I don't know what to tell you. We'll just have to get you a new one one of these days. And she'd go to school the very next day, and I'd do it all over again. Well, the whole sad part of this deal is I did this for five years before this kid gone. It, it, she was like 13, and I started this when she was around eight. So she's 13 years old, and she's going like, okay, that's what you're doing to me? Well, I got my quality time, didn't I? I <laughs> got you out of your bedroom, got you away from the Nintendo back then. And so, yeah, that's what we did. And that was one of the uh, scary things that <laughs> that I did raising my girls. You know, it was just to get quality time with them. That's all. And it just, but it aggravated her. Oh, my goodness. You'd have thought I'd shot somebody, you know, taking her TV cord so her TV wouldn't work. 
I've got another one that was sent in, and I thought this was really, really cool. What this mom did to her son, this was awesome. Because I, I could picture my mom doing something like this. And what the deal was, her mom, this mother, went to go visit her son for dinner. And her son lives with a girl, and he swears up and down. They're just roommates. That's it, Mom. Nothing's going on. Okay? So during the meal, Mom couldn't help but notice how pretty the roommate was. And she was really a beautiful young lady. She had long brown hair, you know, and but she was suspicious of the situation between these two and um, had only made her more curious of what was going on. Over the course of the evening, while watching uh, the two of them, she started to wonder, you know, if there really was something going on romantically between them. Mom eats dinner. She goes home. No problem. Okay. And the son keeps swearing up and down. They're just roomies. That's it. But about a week later, his roommate, the girl, came to him and said, ever since your mother was here, the silver dinner plate that we have is gone. I can't find it. I've tore the place apart. Nowhere to be found. And he says, well, I don't think my mom would have taken it, but I'll send her an email and I'll find out what happened to it. And I read you verbatim the email. It says, dear mom, after your visit with me and my roommate, the silver plate has been missing. I'm not saying that you took it and I'm not saying that you didn't. What I am saying is that it's been missing ever since you had dinner with us. So a few days later, the son gets an email back from mom. And I quote, I'm not saying that you do sleep with your roommate, and I'm not saying that you don't sleep with your roommate. But the fact remains that if she was sleeping in her own bed, she would have found that silver plate by now because it's under her pillow. <laughs> You know, I, I could have seen my mother doing something to that, that effect. She would have done that. Okay, we had a story that was sent in to us. Um, it's about a guy that, uh, he was on a bus, you know, riding a city bus. This lady, uh, about eight months pregnant, she gets on the bus. She happens to notice that this guy is, he's smiling at her, you know, and she immediately moved from one seat to another. Uh, this time, the smile on the man's face got to be a grin, Okay. So she moved for the next time. She goes ahead and gets up and leaves this guy and goes further down the bus. Uh, the men seem even more amused now. When she moved for the fourth and final time, the man bursted into laughing. Man, he just got on the floor and was laughing his butt off. The pregnant lady complained to the bus driver. The bus driver had the man arrested. Now, when this case came up in court just a few days later, the judge asked the guy, and this guy's about 20 years old, okay, thereabouts, um, what do you have to say for yourself? And the man replied, well, your honor, it was like this. When the lady got on the bus, I couldn't help but notice her condition. She sat down under a sign that said double mint twins are coming. So I grinned at her. Then she moved and sat under a sign that says Logan's liniment will reduce the swelling. And I started to smile. Then she placed herself for the fourth and final time under a deodorant sign that said, William's big stick did the trick, and I couldn't hardly contain myself. But your honor, when she moved for the fourth time and sat under the sign that said, Goodyear rubber could have prevented this, here we go, I lost it. And then the judge dismissed the charges and the case. Okay, I've got a story for you. We had a dog at one time, and he was a stray. 
And we were living in the great state of Oklahoma, okay? And I come home from work, and here's this mutt sitting there. And he just, uh, but he attached to the girls, my daughters, just really, really well. So I thought, okay, as long as he's cool with the kids, I'm not going to say anything because I like dogs. I love dogs. I go back to work. I come home a few days later, and I find this well-groomed animal in my living room, okay? But the bad part was the dog was male, and they painted his toenails lavender, okay? And he had a lavender bow stuck in the middle of his head. And he gave me this look, and we didn't know each other that well. He just like, dude, just shoot me, okay? What are they doing to me? Well, he really got to be part of the family. So during the summertime, I pick everybody up, we go to the lake. Dog included, okay? So we go off to the lake, and everybody's having a good time, and we're all playing in the whole bit. So it's time to go home. I count daughters, one, two, and three, and four. There's mom, there's me. We get in the car, we leave. Halfway home, it suddenly dawns on me, we don't have the dog. We don't have him whatsoever. The kids freak out. So I turn the car back around, and I thought, I got to go get this guy. So I go back there. He's sitting exactly, I mean exactly, where our car was parked. He wouldn't have nothing to do with me for two or three days because I deserted him, okay? He loved the kids, even though they were just as guilty as what I was, for heaven's sakes. But he wouldn't have a thing to do with me. I could beg him to come over to me, you know, and try to pet him and make things up, you know, hey, I'm sorry and all that good stuff. Oh, no, this dog wouldn't have a thing whatsoever to do with me at all, you know? And I'm the one that saved him from the purple pinky bow stuff, for heaven's sakes, because I told him, you're not putting that kind of stuff on a male dog. Okay, we've got one that was sent in to us. It's about a first grade teacher. She was having trouble with one of her students. One day she asked Johnny uh, what his problem was, and he replied that he was too smart to be in the first grade. My sister's in the third grade, and I'm smarter than her too. The teacher took the little boy down to the principal's office and explained the situation to the principal. The principal told her, that he would give Johnny a test, and if he failed to answer one question, he would have to go back to the first grade and be quiet. The teacher and Johnny both agreed. The principal looked at Johnny and asked him what three times three was. Johnny says nine. The principal asked him what six times six. Johnny says 36. And so it went on like this for about 30 minutes or so. The principal asked him every question a third grader should know. Finally, after about an hour, he told the teacher, I see no reason Johnny can't go to the third grade. He answered all the questions right. The teacher asked if she could ask him some questions. The principal and Johnny both agreed. The teacher uh, asked Johnny, what's a cow have four of that I only have two of? Johnny says, legs. The teacher asked Johnny, what do you have in your pants that I don't have? The principal gasped at this question, but before he could stop him, he, Johnny answers, pockets. Then the teacher asked, what does a dog do that a man steps into? Johnny says, pants. The teacher asked him, what starts with F and ends with K? And the means a lot to, of excitement. And Johnny asked, fire truck. The principal breathes a big sigh of relief and says, put Johnny in the fifth grade because I got the last four questions wrong myself. And I did too, really, when I first read that. I got them totally 100% out of bounds. <laughs> me being me. And our next story 
is about a highway patrolman. He was sitting on the side of the highway waiting to catch speeding drivers, you know. Um, and the highway patrolman saw this car putting around 22 mile an hour. And he thinks to himself, this driver is just as dangerous as a speeder. So he turns on his lights and pulls over the driver. Approaching the car, he happens to notice that there are five old ladies in it. Two in the front seat, three in the back seat, wide-eyed and white as a ghost. The driver, obviously confused, says to him, Officer, I don't understand. I was doing exactly the speed limit. What seems to be the problem? And the officer replies to her, You weren't speeding, but you should know that driving slower than the speed limit can also be just as dangerous. Slower than the speed limit, the old lady says. She says, No, sir. I was doing the speed limit exactly 22 miles an hour. The state police officer, trying to contain a chuckle, explains to her that 22, that's the route number, not the speed limit. A bit embarrassed, the woman grinned and thanked the officer for pointing out her error. But before I can let you go, ma'am, I have to ask, is everyone in this car okay? These women seem awfully shaken, and they haven't muttered a single peep this whole time. And the old woman, old woman responded, Oh, they'll be all right, officer, in just a few minutes. We just got off Route 119. 119? She was doing 119 miles an hour? Oh, my. I'd have been white as a ghost, too. I'd have peed myself. I know what I'd have done. I mean, wow. <laughs> and that's the end of our program. So... If anybody has anything they want to send in to us, again, please use our email address. It's jd.podcast1 at yahoo.com. So we'll see everybody next week. You have a great time, and you've been listening to. You've been listening to On the Lighter Side of Life. We'll see you next week. And remember, keep on smiling.